Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Happy Veterans Day. U.S. bond markets are closed for the holiday. Stocks are going to take a breather at the open. Dow futures down about 125 across after record highs across the board on Friday. A fifth straight week of wins for the S&P. You got trade uncertainty and violence in Hong Kong top of mind. Europe is red as is oil. Tenure, though, still near 195. Our roadmap begins with this trade stumble for stocks. Wall Street's on track for a lower open amid some lingering China trade concerns. Plus e-commerce boom, Alibaba's 24-hour shopping extravaganza breaks its singles-day record of more than 30 billion in sales, and it's still climbing. And Goldman facing an investigation over allegations of sexist credit decisions at Apple Card. First up, though, after posting fresh record closes on Friday, stocks are set to open lower this morning on some dampened expectations surrounding U.S.-China trade talks, as well now as this escalating violence in Hong Kong. Meantime, the S&P is in the midst of a five-week win streak for the first time since March 6. If you look at the Nasdaq, Jim, it has been a nice ride uh, over the past month. Uh, it is so amazing because the, some of the bigger runs are companies that you would expect. If there's no trade deal, we would unravel. Uh, a lot of a lot of the companies that do a lot of business in China, it continues to happen. Continues to happen. The one thing I would say is is that uh, people seem to care more about the fact that interest rates are going up than they care about what's really going on in China. So you you know you've got the industrials. There's just not that many industrials. They are going up. The banks are tremendous leaders, and those are really about involved in the yield curve. And those have been standouts. Uh, I I marvel that. Apple's much more powerful than people realize. There's a cycle going on right now, a cycle in the semiconductors that is very unusual to see, and it has to do with the 11, and it has to do with the genuine belief that there is just much more upside to cell phones than we've seen, and uh, it's I, I, it's incredible. Well, you got two upgrade, uh, two price target increases at of Nvidia today. Uh, UBS goes to two forty. Wasn't that amazing? And even the downgrade of Qualcomm today is based on the valuation <laughs> gap <laughs> having closed. Dude, Qualcomm bought back twenty two percent of its stock. It's rather amazing. When you look at the Nvidia, Nvidia's got ray tracing. That's gaming. That's so exciting. Uh, Take two had a really good quarter. I know people felt it was convoluted, but there's a you know a bump of uh, Skyworks. People think is going to report an upside surprise. I totally agree with that. Uh, Micron, there was a kid at the Air Force Academy that gave the presentation for Micron. And I wanted to say, buy, just buy, because these companies are all moving up dramatically because this cell phone cycle is so far ahead of itself. It's incredible. What do you mean when you say that, so far ahead of itself? Well, 11 was supposed to be a, just kind of a ho-hum, because now what we're really doing is waiting for 5G. Now, China unveiled 5G, and the companies that are involved with 5G in our country whether it be Skyworks, uh, Corvo, uh, Qualcomm, these are these are the leaders of this market. Qualcomm is an incredibly important stock for this market, and that stock went from basically sixty to ninety-two, and, and th- those things are noticed. 
Advanced Micro was supposed to have a bad quarter. Then they reported people shaded numbers down. The stock was at 32. Boom, it goes to 36. So I just think that the technology stocks are, are on a roll. Uh, the cyclicals are on a roll, whether it be Honeywell up gigantically. You're so ran. These guys are buying back a gigantic amount of their stocks. Uh, and then Jamie Dimon. I mean, it was right to have him feed. It was timely. Timely both between Will Frost and uh, 60 Minutes because the stock has done incredibly well. It's it been a market well. leader. So you've got some good stocks acting. Uh, on Qualcomm, just a quick uh, aside. <laughs> it's a little over two years ago that Broadcom made the hostile, remember, right. low 80s. And the stock is now... Well above, above that. that. Isn't that interesting? Broadcom stock is about 100 points higher than where it went. Uh, this, right. Again. And so that's an interesting point. Now, But they were, it turns out it was 5G. It's, see, we, we, we misjudged. Yeah. Yeah. 5G is when you read what Corvo was saying uh, and Qualcomm, 5G is dramatically bigger than 4G. And it's going to be a theme for us for ages and ages as one after another company. I mean, we haven't seen the Viacom, I mean, I'm sorry, the Verizon big rollout. ATT Big Road. We have a bunch of Chinese companies. uh, The European companies are going to roll it out. It turned out to be this gigantic spur for the group. So I just think when you look at what's worked during this period, semis, bank stocks, cyclicals. Now, the bank stocks, a lot of them are waiting for some sort of uh, phase one where they can move in aggressively. uh, And by the way, that's part of the controversy with trade. Is it the free traders who want more business done with China, or is it the hardliners who don't really care for more business in China and want to starve China? So, I mean, these are very different. I have not seen, since I was a judge at The Apprentice, two sides that are more at odds with each other. Well, speaking of all of that, Jim, um, it seems like we've gone from where is this going to be signed, right? When are right. we going to, like, seal this thing to whether there is something to be signed? Oh, my. Well, you know what? You... My friend Larry Cutler, who's an optimist, okay, he came out, he was my partner, and Steve Mnuchin, optimist, they're very aligned, I think, with some of the financial companies that would really benefit. Uh, and, and some people who like, like John Thornton, uh, Kissinger, I mean, uh, Paulson, they want something open. He's Josh Schwartzman. And then there's the Hardline Camp. The Hardline Camp was appalled by what happened last week. Hardline Camp, uh, Lighthizer, they feel, was uh, what has his hands tied by these. So is the I would presume that if things don't get a little bit more, things can get convoluted and the December tariffs could go on. So I think that it very much limits the president's hand is what some people say. It's uh, a negative for the talks, what happened last week. A setback. Setback. Okay. I do all that darn work. So much enthusiasm you bring to the table, and it's just gone. Yeah, my wife was furious. I'm making calls a black hole over here and just gets sucked in. You were busy watching two of your teams lose. That's how I regard the Giants. Jets. They lost to each other. Really, I'm busy making right, calls. Got to go right there. Well, no, because I'm making calls. I don't even get to do anything. You make calls on a Sunday. Well, I, okay. Well, what's wrong with you? My wife said the same thing. What the hell's wrong with you? you it sickens me. She was so upset. I didn't make any calls from Walgreens. Well, David will like, he'll like Alibaba. Uh, record sales in the annual Singles Day event, the China-based e-commerce site. More than $30 billion in sales within the first 18 hours. It's the 11th year they've held the Singles Day event. Uh, the first hour, $13 billion, up 32% year on year. We'll see how it closes. I mean, they're held to fairly high standards in terms of the increases each year, Carl. So we'll see where they come in when they uh, tally it up. They've uh, they got a couple hours left, I think, uh, in terms of where they'll end up. Of course, this started sort of as a as a gimmick almost to say that not it's obviously become uh, the world's largest single shopping day yes. by far uh, in so many different markets 
for Alibaba. I would argue, though, the more important news for the company, frankly, is the coming listing on the Hong Kong exchange, which we're going to learn more perhaps a day or so from now. Uh, we learned a lot already from reporting in the journal and some other reporting as well around it. We talked about it on Friday, but it could be as much as $15 billion in new, in new equity that really? they raise as a result of the, uh, of the listing in Hong Kong. And of course, it'll be the first time that the local market actually is given the opportunity to own the shares for a company that they know so well, one in which really in the U.S. we have very little dealing with on a daily basis. Right. Um, but... Uh, Singles Day, always, uh, always interesting. Five years ago since I was there for that, uh, for that Singles Day. It's that long. It's that long. When Jack Ma was running the company right. uh, in many ways. Joe Tsai still very much uh, involved, but Mr. Ma has exited, exited the scene. Do you still hear a lot of American companies? Chairman. Uh, yeah. Some American companies been, yeah. have sold during Singles Day. Yeah. PVH uses some good numbers a single day. I know that, uh, geez, Estee Lauder, that could be good, but Estee Lauder's being hurt by Hong Kong. By the way, Hong Kong, there are people, you know, the administration doesn't talk about Hong Kong. Uh, you would think it would be a natural to say, look, they're imploding over there. But they don't give you that heads up. No. What is that about? Why don't they give you, like, a heads up? Why don't they, like, say, how can we make a deal with companies, with a country that's crushing dissidents? They never say that. It doesn't come up too often. No. Uh, Pompeo's been pretty he, vocal. He is. Uh, been, no, he's that's been, He's been the voice. That's true. Uh, but this, uh, the video, uh, worst weekday of violence, pretty much in the five months of demonstrations. You had this protester shot in the abdomen yeah. at point blank range. You had another man doused in gasoline and, and set a fire. Um, this follows the death of a student from injuries the prior week. It's really incredible. I, there's, I was with someone the other day who just said, didn't they see it coming? Why? You know, this was all planned. All of whatever's going on in Hong Kong has been planned by the PRC for a long time. Uh, but this is, this is now, now active resistance. I don't think the Chinese know how to curb it. They don't. I mean, what are they going to do? They don't want Tiananmen Square. And you see, like, Hong Kong real, real retail sales numbers coming in down 20-plus. Oh, oh no. Uh, oh, Ralph yeah. Lauren on the call last week. That was a very interesting moment. Tens of millions. Yes. Just, um, Ralph Lauren impacting the parks. Yes. Uh, there's, without a doubt, there's there's an impact, right? Though so not stopping Alibaba from listing in Hong Kong. Well, you know, this, you know Saudi Arabia, they have their basically their largest, their refinery blows up, and it doesn't stop them. From I mean, going, people just yeah, let's true. just issue equity no matter what. I mean, how desperate? How, is, 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 is Alibaba desperate? Do they no, need, no. Well, no, is Aramco no. desperate? Aram, I mean, this has been a long time in coming. Yeah. Their quarter was impacted, as you well know, by the uh, by the halt or the lack of production yeah. as a result of the attacks. Yeah, really the cash flow. Woo. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see what the valuation the company uh, ends up with. They wanted, what, $2 yeah. trillion they were hoping for? It's not going to be. No, and, and we have to talk about WeWork, too, just in terms of deals that we were so fortunate that bullets dodged. I wasn't on that plane, David, to, to Israel. You weren't on no, the plane? No, I was never on that plane. No. wanted me to go. Asked me to go. Really? I took a pass. You did. Good for you. It was an old advice. It was fun. Uh, there is a ton of news, uh, including all of that. Also, the Apple card facing accusations of gender discrimination. We'll fill you in on that. Take a look at the pre-market here. We'll get to Facebook, Uber, Tesla, Boeing, a downgrade of Cisco. There's a lot today. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? 
At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Apple Card is under some scrutiny today. The New York Department of Financial Services launching an investigation into Goldman's credit card practices after tech entrepreneur David Heinemeyer Hansen accuses the bank's Apple Card algorithm of discriminating against women when it comes to determining credit card limits. He says Apple Card provided him a limit that is 20 times higher than that of his wife. Goldman's denying that gender plays a role in Apple Card issuance. The other story on Goldman today, Reuters argues that at their investor day, they're going to announce a wider range of metrics to watch beyond revenue. Well, I think that when you look at this issue with the credit card, it's, it's hard because the Goldman values each person. It's not, they don't look at the joint. And, and so perhaps you should say they shouldn't do that. But Goldman thought and Apple wanted the idea of just everybody should have their own rating, which, by the way, is not necessarily a bad thing. 50% of the marriages end in divorce. Um, you would like a woman to be able to have her own rating or a spouse or whatever to have their own rating. I, I question this story uh, because how do you have an algorithm that necessarily just distinguishes? You can't tell woman or man. Uh, but I also recognize that the wider range story, I'm not buying that one. I mean, I think that a lot of what they're doing with the credit card is very positive. I know a lot of their uh, di- different divisions are doing quite well. So I, I don't know. I mean, the Goldman that I'm talking to is not the Goldman that Reuters is talking to. Take a moment here to uh, appreciate more members of the U.S. Armed Forces coming in for this Veterans Day. You'll see this throughout the morning. We'll get a moment of silence in a, in a few minutes. Uh, but it is a special day. Uh, Veterans Day is always a great opportunity, right. Jim, as you proved on Friday night. Well, I just think over and over again, people are saying now, well, I want to hire these people uh, not because I want to give them a handout. I want them because numbers go higher. And that's a new narrative. And I think that uh, General Mattis, was, there's excellent commercial this weekend during football saying, listen, some people feel these are damaged goods. Not getting that read at all. But the read I'm getting is some people feel like if you hire them, you do better. And that's a very, you know, uh, IBM out with a piece today about retraining. Sometimes you have to retrain because the skills they have uh, may not be necessarily uh, applicable. The people I met at the Air Force Academy, there's a soul that I wouldn't hire. I mean, I met, I met a lot of people. I'd hire every single one. Yeah, I, I remember doing stories for the Journal in the 90s where it was an issue, getting reintroduced to the workforce, right. and employers were blind to it, blind to their skill set. And I, that's a big area of progress that we've made in this oh, country. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I think that if you're American Airlines, if you're uh, Delta, United, I mean, you just, you got 4,000 people there, you'd recruit them in a second. I mean, these are people who just would do it right. We will have a moment of silence here at the big board in a few moments honoring America's veterans. Don't go away. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all electric ZDX with a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313 mile range and a type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower. The ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. On this Veterans Day, the NYSC is about to observe a two-minute moment of silence in honor of America's veterans and the brave men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces. Of course, the history of the day is very interesting. The 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month is the Versailles. time in which hostilities of World War I came right. to an end. He's seen a lot of what happened that day uh, led, unfortunately, to the, uh, the, well, to the Nazis, the rise of the right, because that was viewed as being a sellout by certain people in Germany, when meanwhile, the history says it wasn't. Uh, great opportunity to celebrate those who have served. Here's that moment of silence. Let's get to a mad dash for this Monday as we count you down to the opening bell. We've got five minutes till we get started with trading for uh, the week. What's a mad dash today? Well, a piper goes by to hold Cisco, CSEO kind. Lack of catalyst risk to 2020, 2021 estimates. 5G, I thought, was a catalyst. I also think that security is a catalyst. The stock is down very big. It's inexpensive. Chapel Trust owns it. But I will say this. We had a, a very bad shortfall from a risk to networks, ANET, which is regarded as being a competitor. It is a competitor. Of, 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 of Cisco, and I think a lot of people are just anxious to flee the stock because of problems with with data center. I just I don't think the issue is data center. I think there's just kind of no catalyst. And I think that when I say no catalyst, it's just it's an inexpensive tech stock that hasn't had a move. So I'm not going to just uh, with a broad brush say, listen, they're going to blow it. I think that they've already reduced what expectations. What would be a catalyst for a move higher? Well, they have a lot of cash, gigantic buyback, big boost in dividend, uh-huh. uh, maybe a realization that they're, uh, m- that much of their business has become subscription and not just one-off, a realization that the uh, their new cycle, which they have refreshed, is big, uh, and also just because I think Chuck's doing a good job, and it should not be related to, uh, to uh, J. Shree Yalal and what happened to Rista Network. I think they're very different. One's a white box product, and I wasn't going to speak to more of them when I go to Salesforce next week, but I think Chuck is doing a good job. I think it's not an expensive stock, but I, too, lack a reason to say, you know what, we got to buy it, and I think that's important. I wish I had one. I don't. So I pointed it out as being an issue. I, I did remind some people on Twitter, uh, Goldman cut it October 10, uh, driven by expectations, large enterprise spending yes. will continue to weaken uh, in the near term, they said. Uh, this is a very big issue because uh, the, some of the very big cloud stocks are not saying that, cloud companies. You're not hearing that from VMware now. You're not hearing it uh, from ServiceNow. Uh, you've got some pretty good action in some of these cloud stocks, of which the best is Salesforce. 
161. Now you can say that's ahead of, of Dream Dream of sales. You know, look, here's the problem. Dreamforce is a reason that people buy the stock. <laughs> and so it but they buy it Throw ahead. Throw a party and yeah. Yeah, they buy it ahead. And then when it happens, it has been a catalyst to sell. So just be aware that the, that people are, they don't own it, they trade it. Right. And I think that they shouldn't. I think that Mark Benioff's doing a great job. Some people feel like, hey, listen, all Mark Benioff cares now is about uh, social justice. Uh, business is the greatest force of change. Well, uh, you know, they got a guy named Keith Block in there. And it's a co-CEO. Uh, Keith Block almost made me, I almost bought a sale, I almost bought a subscription to Salesforce. I didn't even have anything to do with it. He, I, he's that good? Well, the only reason I didn't was because he's a Patriot fan. Stock has Had he been, not been a Patriot fan, as, I would have bought it. They say stock has been in a range for quite some time. Oh, my, David. You're um, into that range thesis, aren't not, you? You know, I, you know I'm not. You but know I that over 10 years. hadn't done much. Over, over, well, I know. He, Mark you, was here telling us the incredible returns over a long period of time. But I'm, what I'm wondering is, do you think this recent move up from the 140s to 160 is sustainable? I, I think it, it, to it, your point, just moving up ahead of the... Well, look, I thought Adobe did a really great job on their call, said business was good, and for a couple of days, nobody cared, and then Adobe started to do okay. I know Adobe has a gigantic buyback. Salesforce doesn't. Uh, but I, I think that, that Dreamforce is going to be, once again, a focus on uh, a celebration of business, uh, and it is exciting, and that necessarily shouldn't translate. Remember a couple of years ago, it was when they were about to buy Twitter. Yes, and Mark was. fell he down on the way to the meeting and ripped his leg up, and they said, big man down! And he thought that was a... A uh, sign. Yep, he thought it was a sign, and he didn't proceed with the deal. But, of course, Fidelity hated the deal, too, so maybe... Well, his shareholders weren't happy there was, about David, it. David, there was we, a wholesale rebellion. When we talked about it. And, by the way, Twitter is where they were hoping to buy it. Twitter stock has been a disappointment. That's it a, has. To say the least, uh, that's like, hey. It has. Uh, interesting social media stories. Uh, Facebook's going to start hiding likes this week on Instagram, something that Dorsey, uh, I think, applauded today or over the weekend. Well, Dorsey's hiding earnings. Or maybe they don't have them. As in, they don't have enough earnings. Well, they have, they've underinvested is what I think is happening here. This was the focus of a call last week. I think yes. they underinvested. I think that, that you have to cut. Look, in that business, you have to invest every second. Twitter has not spent the money. That's why they have technical issues this quarter that are going to hurt their earnings. I don't care for the stock as much as I thought I would at this point because that quarter was really not great. That's why Evercore put a sell on it last week. Well, I thought that was timely. Let's get to the opening bell here on this Veterans Day. Get a look at the S&P 500, the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, the U.S. Marine Corps, Coast Guard, Air Force, Navy, and Army. Wow. And at the NASDAQ, the America-Israel Friendship League. You know, the Air Force Academy is from 1959. Uh, It's beautiful. It's in a place. You're from Colorado. It's 7,200 feet. A little hard for some of us to breathe. Uh, But it's it's the new academy. And it's got a great kind of a bit more of a laid back feel. I'm not Top Gun. I mean, that's like, you know, a movie. But wow. I mean, it is. They understand what the vets have done. And there is uh, quite reference, obviously. Uh, Jim, uh, Uber's had a lot of news uh, over the last uh, 24 hours. We'll hear what Dara Khosrowshahi right. told Axios in a minute. But uh, now we're getting word that Travis Kalanick sold a fifth of his stake last week. 20 million shares uh, worth uh, over wow. half a billion dollars. Isn't that interesting? Remember when Peter Thiel was a seller of Facebook, a 
Peter Thiel, I've met him many times, very smart investor. Uh, there are a lot of people I talk to who say, you know what, this is the time to get into Uber, that, it, that you have to get in right into this weakness. I think that if you feel that way, Lyft was the one that had the good quarter. Now, honestly, I mean, I, I was dealing, David, you'll, you'll love this. A lot of people feel that to go against DoorDash is the dumbest thing in the world because DoorDash is playing with guess who's money? SoftBank money, as we know, Vision Fund money, right? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you're allowed to lose? Is that like carte blanche? No. Is that like me when I was like, you know, decided I'm just going to use a lot of credit cards and just hope that you just would, get you more would, credit cards? You would hope not. You would hope not. But there are certainly some questions as to where the guardrails are. Guardrails? With some of like the, the, where uh, the bumpers are? With some of the investments that, or the money that SoftBank through its vision fund has given some of these companies that are obviously spending a great deal to expand quickly, to grow quickly, and are not worried about making money. But that's crazy. Which is, which is okay in this huge growth phase they have, and SoftBank is fine with that. Or Massa is fine with it. Well, he may be fine with it. He thinks the opportunity at the the end of the road is a significant enough one. Certainly felt that with WeWork for some time and gave Mr. Newman a great deal of capital. Now SoftBank owns WeWork. How about the fact that he said that maybe he was was maybe misjudged? Yeah, he did. Said last week during during those disappointing SoftBank earnings. Well, I think he's going to misjudge George. Money, remember, has come both from SoftBank there and the Vision Fund. Yeah, I think. yeah. It's not just the vision fund. That I think that Uber, Uber has to get out of Uber Eats. You do? Really? Well, yes. Not what Dara said no. last week. Well, Dara has to change his mind. Really? It's not a business. They get out of it, the stock goes to 50. When they stay in that business, goes keep to, losing it money. It almost doubles. David, did you read the call, how bad Uber Eats was? It wasn't, it wasn't Oop, good. It, it's I good, did. but I'm saying it. it's, it's taking it another leg. what, 15% of their markets. But 50%. Yeah. But they are going to have another leg down. This business has gotten even harder. Ever since that, uh, I, I have to tell you, it, Caviar was bought by DoorDash. I think that they have decided, DoorDash, that they can wipe out everybody. Last man standing is their goal. Last man standing. And Grubhub, remember when Grubhub talked about the promiscuous diner? Yeah. And that was not a diner in Queens. I looked at I was Googling promiscuous diner, looking at the Yelp review. No, it turns out to be how people care about delivery, which is nothing. There's no loyalty. Loyalty. One of the oddest corporate communications. Yeah. Uh, I just, I know, I love the backstory on it that. It was great. Promiscuous, I mean, that's what we're going with. I, I what was, do you think, everybody? Yeah. We love it. We're all in. I was waiting for, it was like kind of Henny Young. I just flew in from L.A., boy, my arms are tired. Yeah, I, I mean, there was, he left, he, it was like a, it was a Borscht Belt yes. conference call. I know, um, uh, Carl, I know Kalanick owns a lot more stock behind this, but it is interesting. He took, he, to get rid of 20 million shares at the lows. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, what was his basis? That's As a good question. Oh, yeah. His baby, yeah, of course. Obviously. But still, it's money. I mean, that, that is so profound. Thank you. <laughs> Holy cow. That's only here on Squawk on the Street. I have a keen sense for the obvious. You did well show. I just think that's really rather remarkable. Yeah, and I like to show it sometimes. David yeah. mentions uh, WeWork. Jamie Dimon was not asked about WeWork oh. last night on 60 Minutes, but Leslie Stahl get, did get him to talk about executive pay. Take a listen to this. Last year, you were paid $31 million. Too high? The board sets mine. I have nothing to do with it. Well, you could return some of it. I could. Is that going to solve any of those problems? I don't know. I'm going to leave it to the board to set my comp. Not you, not the press. You've answered my board, every one of my questions, my but this one you're fobbing off. Yeah, the board has to do it. Well, let me ask it in a general way. Should executive pay in this country be curbed? 
What does that mean? Cut back. Should there be a way to say, we're not going to have such a spread between our workers and the guy at the top? You know, when you say something like that, you got to say, how are you going to do it? What does it make sense? I think you use the tax system to do that. I would not have cut the tax on the rich. I would have expended your income tax credit instead, which is, which is like a negative income tax for lower paid people. He talked about whether or not he thought about running for president. Right. Uh, obviously, a lot of coverage of Detroit, but essentially, on pay, said it's the board's decision. Yeah, look, this is the this is something Dennis Mulberg said in front of Congress, and boy, did he ever pull back on that because he did say, "Listen, we're in a crisis," and that was wrong. Uh, I. This is what they always say: board comp. And David, you know board comp. There's a guy on the comp committee. What does he do? He says, uh, oh, for XYZ Bank, well, that guy's making X, so we got to give that guy, we got to give our guy X. And so then it becomes uh, just a self-fulfilling prophecy. I wish that they had interviewed Brian Moynihan because they've got so many people at Bank of America who are paid six figures, which is a good living. Uh, but, yeah, the compensation's a little crazy. Yes. What are you going to do? And you do have people on the comp committee who are, or, and or, not not necessarily on every board, but certainly there's cross-pollination in terms of CEOs who are on boards, who are on the comp committee, so it's in their interest to make sure. Listen, I think also it's important that the metrics that are used for executive comp are the right ones. I think that has been a focus of some activist investors. Are we focused as, as shareholders? You know, how should you judge how well management has done? Well, I mean... Simply it, on... On uh, EPS? No, most likely not. Return on invested capital. I mean, all sorts of different metrics that are now incorporated, at least, many of them, in determining sort of where the exact comp should come why, in. Why but didn't, the numbers are extraordinarily high. Why, why didn't Jamie say, well, one of the things that I've done is I've tripled the value of the stock, and so shareholders have benefited? Why did he, why did he do that? I mean, you know, Leslie Stoll was saying, listen, you, uh, what, you fobbed that off with... Uh, you know, here's what uh, Jamie, like I'm telling Jamie what to do, like who the heck am I? But one of the things that would have been smart, I think he would have said, look, shareholders have been rewarded and therefore the board has rewarded me. I have created a lot of wealth for people who are in the stock uh, or my team has, you know, you do the team stuff. But it didn't, he didn't do that. You're, you're um, asking him to say I'm worth it is what you're saying. Yes, exactly right. Which I right. would have said that if I were him, I would have said, look, I know you think that I may be overpaid, but I do point out that others have shared in the wealth. Uh, I bought back stock at the right level. I certainly managed. I got the earnings to be good. And he didn't make a good case for himself. And, and he didn't. He didn't. He, I was right. like, Listen, I mean, 40 years ago, we all know the differential between the, the average worker's pay and the CEO was nowhere near what it is. Well, that's it's, not it's changed dramatically no, over not, not right. even the last 40 years. Well, really that's Senator Warren years. is really a big, you know, Senator Warren um, talks a lot, a lot about some of that is in the well, actual well, stock compensation. Yeah, some of the, in the yeah. stock compensation that's given uh, and or the awards that are given to to, uh, to senior management. They make a lot of the money. But there why didn't well. he say, not listen, to, straight equi- okay. uh, straight. Uh, cash. He, he got one thing right. I thought it was great that he said, look, I, I would have paid more taxes. That's something a lot of people don't like to say. But the other thing he should have said was, OK, look, here's what happens in the stock market, Leslie. Um, there are people who make a lot of money who don't do well for shareholders and the ones who do well. And it should be factored in. And why he left that out, I am not quite sure. Maybe he had it and it got cut. Uh, maybe he had just a kind of a moment where he was thinking about other things. Um, but he should have said that. And I only say that because I really, uh uh-oh, I was about to say I like him.
Uh, you're right. Uh, missed opportunity. But he might have said it. He might have said it. Magazine but reporting, we, you yes, don't know. Yes, we don't know. But, I mean, look, he's made more money than everybody else. Isn't the problem the executives who are paid a lot who don't make money for shareholders? That's the deal. I mean, that's what he should have said. So I guess I got to go to work for him, too. <laughs> You're, you know? busy. You're going to be busy being Fed I got the Fed chair, uh, Treasury secretary. Now I'm Jamie Dimon's advisor. Um, I'm busy. Yeah, you, you always are. I'm Even jammed. on Sundays reading. I'm just jammed. There's not much. No, you know, you're jammed. I got to try to get Tesla to 400. Well, a lot on Jeffries, your plate. Jeffries thinks it's worth it. Uh, they know. go, They go 300 to 400, saying margins are consistent with sustained profitability. Look, bears, bears, listen to me. You're absolutely right. The balance sheet's awful. You're right. The blah, blah, blah. But boy, did they build cars fast in China. Ten months. Now, you can say, forget it. It's it's all a sham. David, it's all a sham, David. David? Yes, sorry. It, looking it, at some it, texts. It's all a sham. I heard you. It's all a sham. Unless it was open text. I don't really care. Well, sometimes there's important things in those. But that was not one of them. No, but you're not allowed to say anything. You know, the bears hate to say anything good. I don't like the balance sheet, but I am amazed that they got those cars off of China very quickly. And there I am looking to Ford. I mean, no. what do Ford? What's Ford done for you lately? Not much. No. No. How about Chevy truck? How about what? Chevy. Chevy truck. Chevy truck. Yeah. Why do you say it like that? Because I watch millions of commercials while I'm watching football. Right. Chevy Particularly. Truck. You know, upsets. Yeah. Yeah. Chevy It can pull a lot. And payload. Do you know right. what you know what a torque is? Yeah, I know a little about Yeah, it. you know torque like you know. Yeah, let's go down to TJ Maxx, David. They have a lot of torque. Here we there. go again with TJ Maxx. <laughs> One of the only stores I've actually Ross Stores is upgraded by RBC. That's great. We'll have to go by um, Ross Stores. They've, by David, the way, they have of, great umbrellas. Speaking of retail, yeah. let's talk about Walgreens because the stock oh. is up on this Bloomberg story that hit uh, earlier this morning around 8.30 or so, saying that KKR had made a formal approach uh, to the company um, to at least explore the idea of a buyout, of a leveraged buyout. Now, by the way, KKR obviously is formal approach. It's not like it's an unsolicited. KKR doesn't do yeah. that. It would be with the cooperation of the uh, largest shareholder, the company's CEO, Stefano Piscina. Um, Bloomberg had previously, last week, reported on this as a possibility or something that was being looked at. Uh, but you can see the stock is up, uh, up over 5% on this. Uh, a lot of questions here, um, starting with just yeah. the, just the, the, the uh, when you look at the capital that would be necessary. You got $16.8 right. billion in debt. You got a $53 billion market value going into this move up. But pro premium on it, where do you end up? Low 60s, mid 60s, anybody, you know, the different analysts can make a guess in terms of where you would need to actually make shareholders happy with what would be an all cash buyout, of course. Pacino would roll his $8 billion, but you'd need to raise an additional, and speaking to people around, it's at least another $10, 12000000000 billion in equity. So KKR would not be alone in this in any way, shape, or form. Do you have sovereign wealth funds that might be interested? Are there other pools of capital as opposed to just LBO uh, or, or um, LBO funds that might? Yeah, but it's a, it's a heavy, heavy lift. It would be the largest LBO maybe of all time. Um, and by the way, it would be putting debt on a company and sort of and, and preventing flexibility Jim, mm-hmm. at a particular time when a lot of people say Walgreens needs transformation. Oh, God. Look at their they... competitor, CVS, yes. which has transformed itself. Right. Since the Boots Alliance deal, what has Walgreens really done? Well, what they've they done is had. Stake in, uh, 
in, they own a stake in uh, in Amerisource Bergen. That's about it. Well, thanks for nothing. Look, yeah. the front end here versus CVS. Okay, so the front end of the story, where you shop, just you know, for non-drugs, minus 1.2 uh, in the August quarter, minus 1.1 May, minus 3.8 February, uh, versus the front end of uh, CVS is 0.4, I mean, 0.6, uh, 2.9, 0.4. In other words, the front end is something that, that CBS has tried to diversify from, and yet it's still doing better than Kate, than uh, what Kate Carroll might want with Walgreens. And it turned out to be a good deal. Right. Uh, Merlot, Larry Merlot has turned into a healthcare company. I had him on last week. I would load, you are going to load up Walgreens against Amazon? Walgreens is right in the Death Stars, right in the Death Stars purview, and there is no force field, David. And the, there so is the no. question I die, think, die short and no The question prosper. I think you're kind of asking, and others but, are, is what is the strategy? For Walgreens, um, for nobody Walgreens. knows. And there you go. So now, Piscina perhaps would like to take the company private. Yeah, I good. don't know. I haven't spoken to him specifically about that. Uh, they had obviously partnered, you know, Boots Alliance, which he ran. He partnered with KKR in the past. But that deal was not uh, in the in the green no. until they did the Walgreens deal. Um, that sort of took KKR from what would had not been a particularly good investment to a better one. So, you know, you do have a lot of questions here. Yeah, not to you, mention more questions just than the answers. math itself, which yeah, it I still have doesn't a add up to me. others do as well. I, read, I it think it's works. Xerox has a better chance. Well, that's saying something for him. Yeah. Uh, let's get an update on Alibaba Singles Day. Arjun Karpal is in Alibaba's campus in Hangzhou, China. Arjun? That's right, Carl. And the numbers behind me, that gross merchandising figure continues uh, to tick up now, standing above $36 billion. The day got off to a very rapid start about 22 hours ago. In the first hour alone, Alibaba hit a figure of $12 billion. And much of that's driven by Chinese consumers' love for imported goods, which are usually very expensive, but with the heavy discounts have made it very attractive. And there was a lot of talk coming into this singles day, whether this U.S.-China trade spat would have affected Chinese consumers' appetite for U.S. goods perhaps some anti-American sentiment. That hasn't been the case at all. American brands faring very well, the likes of Nike and also Apple. The iPhone Pro and Pro Max are among some of the top new items on sale and being sold here to Chinese consumers as well. Another big story going on here is the push by Alibaba and other of Chinese e-commerce firms like JD.com into some of the smaller, what's known as lower tier cities in China's beyond Beijing and Shanghai and all these large metropolises. These companies are, are facing a new battleground in which they see a new leg of growth in some of these smaller tier cities. Those uh, consumers from those cities are actually purchasing more now as well. And so that's been a big push here when it comes to the growth on Singles Day uh, as well. And we can read a little bit through, I'd say, to the Chinese consumer. This is just one data point among others, including positive earnings reports over the last couple of quarters from the likes of Alibaba and JD.com. To, on the Chinese consumer, of course, a lot of concern about the slowdown in the Chinese economy and whether that would hit spending. Right now, it doesn't look that way. It looks like Chinese consumer spending pretty, seems to be pretty robust and they continue to flock online as well. Now, an analyst I spoke to earlier, they suggested that that final figure behind me will hit about $37 billion at midnight, which is just about an hour and 15 minutes away. And with that time left and, and just under a billion dollars left to go, it looks like Alibaba could get there and I'll be here at midnight to bring you that final figure as those numbers keep ticking up. Guys, back to you. 
All right. Uh, fascinating countdown clock there. Uh, thank you, Arjun. Uh, let's get to Seema Modi and see what's moving with the Dow down 100. Morning, Seema. Good morning, Carl. We are decisively lower this Monday morning following five weeks of gains for the S&P 500, down about a half a percent for the major indices here in the U.S. Dow currently trading at 27,581. But it's important to note that this negative session or this negative tone really started overseas. Hong Kong protesting uh, one of its worst or most violent days since June. And the markets did respond. Hong Kong ETF, the Shanghai Composite, down about 2 to 2.5%. Back here in the U.S., the conversation here on the trading floor really around this internal rotation that we're seeing into cyclical stocks. Take a look at the industrials. They hit a new high on Friday after Goldman Sachs raised its price target on shares of Caterpillar. A lot of this really having to do with the prospect of a limited trade truce deal. Plus, uh, the move in bond yields, that's certainly reinforcing this move that we're seeing in industrials among other cyclical sectors. Analysts now say that earnings from Deere, that will confirm whether this sector is really bottoming out. The farm equipment maker, remember, has cut production a number of times in 2019, yet the stock is trading near all-time highs. Not really on the fundamental story, but on trade optimism. Let's move on to the consumer earnings this week. will really give us uh, more details on the health of the consumer. We have CVS, uh, Walmart on Thursday, JCPenney on Friday, plus on the economic front, retail sales for the month of October, plus inflation. So that data point will be very, very much in focus. Speaking of the consumer, online travel continues to get, uh, continues to trade under pressure. These online travel operators, Oppenheimer, cutting its price target and downgrading shares of Expedia. This is the fifth downgrade for Expedia after reporting earnings last week. A lot of concern about Google's new algorithm pushing down search engine results, which has made it harder for Expedia and even TripAdvisor uh, to generate more free traffic. And that, of course, has put more pressure on these names to increase marketing costs. You can see Expedia now down about 12% so far this year. Guys, back to you. Seema, thank you very much. Uh, so Dow's down 85. Uh, S&P for a moment there was down 13, making it the biggest drop for S&P in more than a month. Got to go back to October 8th. We're back in a moment. About 90% of the S&P has reported earnings, but uh, you look back at the quarter and the blow up in online travel is uh, truly astounding. There's a one week look at Expedia and booking holdings, uh, unable to hang on to any uh, gains, at least today. Dow's down 94. Well, I'll stop trading with Jim in just a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I'll make a point that this is very light volume today, so I don't want to say anything that could not even just move anything. But Key has this really good note today about Target raising its uh, uh, price target from 120 to 130. And one of the sub... One of these themes that's a sub-rosa theme is is that Bed Bath is pulling back everywhere. Now, Bed Bath's been a very good stock since the uh, new CEO CEO comes in. Who was he? He was a top guy at Target. So uh, Target, I think, is, I'm going to say it, I think it's a great play for the holidays. Uh, Wouldn't surprise many people. Ryan Cornell's doing a fabulous job. Tonight on Mad? Okay, uh, Norwegian Cruise Line, this is the one that's really pulled ahead of everybody. Uh, People are still spending spending furiously. And then Jim Foster, this stock's not talked about enough, Charles River, the huge amount of money going into biotech that is becoming just these incredible drugs that we don't talk enough about. Wonder, wonder drugs, and they're happening. I thought, by the way, Jamie Dimon, one of the most important ones, got cancer, how he handled it, and uh, he's inspirational. He's an inspirational figure. He should have talked about how well he's done. That was a powerful moment where Wasn't he described it? having to tell his family. Tell his, mom, tell his wife, didn't want to tell his parents. A very regular guy. 
for a billionaire. <laughs> billionaire, chop, chop, right? I mean, twelve. You know, you know, from Queens. He's from Queens. He had a little Queens accent at a certain point. My wife's from Flushing. I detect that kind of talk from him. I'm from Philadelphia. Went to my college. Went to my high school reunion. I said, everybody here talks Harlem. I said, well, what do you think you sound like? <laughs> You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.